welcome to the Posters in Every Direction podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Mike. And I'm Erica. And on this show, we discuss concert posters, music with a heavy emphasis on the Dave Matthews Band, artists, and the community of poster and merch collecting. So whether you are new to this hobby or a seasoned professional, we invite you to come and relax now and join us in the space between music and art. Welcome to the Posters in Every Direction podcast. These are your hosts, my parents. I wanted to introduce this episode because it's a special episode, 3-0. I hope you enjoy it. This is episode number 30 of the Posters in Every Direction podcast, entitled, Let Them All Fall Away. Uh, in this episode, Erica and I are going to take a deep dive and review of a particular poster from the November 11th, 2023 Dave Matthews Band show at the John Paul Jones Arena mm -hmm. in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, this piece is entitled Autumn Fire Fox by the incredible Todd Slater. Um, I can't tell y'all how excited I am for this particular episode, for us to sit back, relax, <laughs> let them all fall away, and discuss a piece of art that now hangs very proudly in our home. Um, I think this is one of those episodes where it's really like, come and relax, join us, y'all. This is kind of the reason, and this is this is how we stumbled yep. upon making this podcast. Um, as we sort of pick up pieces for our personal collection, occasionally Erica and I will sit down, sip some coffee, take a look at a piece, and just really try to soak it all in. Um, that's kind of what we're here doing today, right? <laughs> yes, and y'all have probably heard us talk about our love for Todd Slater. Um, kind of in preparation for this episode, Mike and I were looking at the catalog of particularly Dave Matthews Band, Todd Slater art, and realized that we have a, a, a good clip of them. Yeah. A good I, handful of them. Yeah, there's, there's sort of a turning point. Uh, if you follow Todd Slater's work, and you followed some of his early work with the Dave Matthews mm -hmm. Band. I mean, some of these pieces that he has goes back to 2005, 2014, 2015. I think the 2005 was actually a, a Bonnaroo event mm -hmm. poster. But uh, in his early work, it seems like, you know, Todd was maybe collabing with somebody else, another artist. And he was sort of trying to find a rhythm or a style or just, you know, picking some different pieces that inspired him. And then sort of in 2019, uh, Todd Slater really kind of started to hit what I would just call, these are my own words, like a very stylistic stride. Um, there is now a, a, a way to identify, oh, that's a Todd Slater yes. piece. He has a very, like Dis you said, distinctive, distinctive style. style. And looking at those pieces from kind of 2019 forward, yeah, I think we, we own all of them except for two. There's a 2019 <laughs> Noblesville that is pretty elusive. Yes. And then there was a uh, there was a 2023, it was this year's tour, yeah, I believe. First. It was the um, sort of Minotaur or Golden Calf that we don't own the poster of, but I do own the trading card of. So mm -hmm. for what that's worth, that still is kind of in our collection. But setting all that aside, not to go too deep down the rabbit hole, <laughs> Todd Slater's work uh, for me is just incredible. Um, these are pieces that 
as soon as I have seen them, whether it was the uh, the Rhino in, in New York City for Madison Square Garden in 21, the Whales at Bristow, Virginia in 21, uh, or 22, that was, excuse me, uh, obviously the, the Owl Raven for Daventon, Mexico yeah. in 22. That was uh, actually our first getting it at the show Slater for us. Now correct. we've gotten some of these from friends who had attended the shows yep. um, or just, you know, again, through our own kind of networking and trading um, of posters. And so, but the first one that we ever re really got on hand was, was the Raven. Yeah. The Dave and Tim, or the it Owl. was uh, Cancun night three mm -hmm. in 2022. Yep. Um, but this one here, and that has a great story. We probably should tell that at some point in time and do yeah, a review I, on that that's, one as well. Yeah, it's probably a deep dive on its own yeah. uh, that we talk about it. Um, the one that's in front of us today is from this this current fall tour the DMB did, uh, the 23 fall tour, November, Charlottesville. Uh, and we have the, from the show edition, we were there, mm -hmm. stood in line, <laughs> uh, took a couple efforts at standing in line. Um, and we had that night acquired actually the regular show edition, as well as the Rainbow Hollow Swirl Foil variant. Uh, that's a mouthful, but that's <laughs> that's the one that we've retained and yes. that is in our collection and we're reviewing today. Yeah, um, We traded away a regular show edition mm -hmm. to a good friend of ours um, and uh, had, had fun with that, but got him something he needed. He got us something we needed, uh, so that was just a fun experience as well. Yes. So... Without further ado, should we dive in and start? Yeah, we're going to do a little background on Todd Slater because it's really interesting looking at the experience and, and either how long or how, what I think, short of a time frame artists have, you know, kind of come into our purview. Um, so Todd Slater actually started doing gig posters in 2014. So that one from 05 and Bonnaroo, I'm curious about because, you know, that just seems like that was way, way, way before him even, yeah. um, you know, getting really into um, producing gig posters. But he's based out of Austin, Texas. And what's actually really cool is you can go and look at his bio. Um, you know, he realized, I think, around the, the early 2000, you know, 10 era that he really wanted to be a poster artist, a gig artist. And so what he started doing actually was starting sending unsolicited poster designs to the, I think, the management of the White Stripes, which is really cool. Um, and so he started sending these unsolicited poster designs over to, um, you know, the management company for the White Stripes and started getting in with uh, one of the guys who he had collaborated with um, on some of these posters as well on early on. Um, I think you had mentioned his name early on. Um, I think it was Robert Jones. Yes. It's Jones, I know, but yeah. I think the first name was Robert. Um, and so he started doing some collaboration with him. Yep, Robert Jones. Yep. And then, um, you know, what, what Mike said, that, starting in that uh, 19 mm -hmm. with, um, and now that's a grail for me. You know, we, we probably need to talk about, you know, what's grails and not grails. But this one particularly from Noblesville, Night 2 from 2019, I think is widely known as a very challenging, expensive, and difficult to find uh, poster. You know, I'm lucky yeah. enough, Mike, for I think a holiday or an anniversary had gotten me the, um, uh, what I call her, she's like the lady with the apple, but she was from a New York City, um, yeah, Madison that was Square a, Garden. I, I think, think it was a drive-in drive series, series they did. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm I'm very grateful to have her. She's beautiful. She kind of hangs out with our Sperry chicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they go they go very well. Very together. well. Yes. And I would say also interestingly of Todd Slater's work when you start to look at uh, his the 2019 piece from Noblesville uh-huh. that drive in we talked about yep. the the rhino at MSG. Yeah. The whales from Bristow, the raven owl from Cancun with Dave and Tim, and the Minotaur. sort of minotaur or golden calf from Texas, they're all what I would call landscape pieces. They are horizontal. Mm -hmm. And now we've got a deviation from that with the, what we call the Slater Fox. That's sort of the the quick reference. Yes. But um, the official official name being that Autumn Firefox, which I find a really cool name because there was this video game in the 80s called Firefox that I played as a kid. (laughs) That's a tangent. Sorry. Um, But this is the first vertical piece uh, that we've seen oh, in this style, this style. Yes. of Todd Slater's work, sort of where he really started to hit this this style stride uh, that he has now mm-hmm. amongst these pieces from 2019 yeah. forward with Dave Matthews Band. And Mike, as you had mentioned earlier, Todd Slater has a very specific style, mm-hmm. um, almost like you would be able to recognize a musician's voice. I think that's one of the key things that I look for as as far as an artist goes is what are those distinguishable um, styles or, or colors or design work. And Todd's work has a lot of movement to it. I yes. mean, if you look at his pieces, um, and what I notice now is we're kind of looking definitely between this piece, the whales, and even the Minotaur piece from Texas, um, there is this very um, sort of flowy... Uh, wave-like details, specifically in this one, and I definitely know in the in the uh, whales from Bristow. Um, but there is just just this unique movement, and um, one of the things you know, Mike, we we're going to talk about, and you want to read maybe a little bit. This is really cool. I love and appreciate when an artist gives us the insight. Yes. Into what they were thinking, the designs, the inspirations. Um, so, Mike, why don't you just share with us from Todd's website? Um, on this particular piece. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to note the the movement that Erica refers to as I get here uh Todd references uh Hokusai's style of the waves, you know, the, if you look up uh Hokusai H O K U S A I, you'll find a Japanese artist from the 1800s that mm-hmm. sort of had this style and this famous sort of crashing wave yes. with movement and he he attributes the movement to that i think you see that movement in this piece and certainly in the bristow whales For piece sure. that todd slater's done um and it's really incredible and gives i think a lot of uh that that movement feel that eric is referencing not just in the waves that he draws but even in this one in the flow of the fur of the fox um so really impressive stuff and yeah i will now uh, read to y'all in almost a fireside chat format <laughs> from Todd Slater's website. You can find him at toddslater.net. And this is what he has to say about the Dave Matthews band Autumn Fire Fox, as we affectionately refer to as the Slater Fox. One thing that makes every artist's heart skip a beat are rush jobs. These sort of situations rarely produce great art, but sometimes, sometimes, The pieces all fit. The art just clicks, and the disparate elements fit into place like a puzzle. This was one of those times. I, meaning Todd Slater, spent about 10 days from start to finish on the art 
all while profusely sweating and nervously sketching in my Texas studio. DMB's longtime art director Matt came to me wanting an autumn theme and suggested a fox as the central subject matter. He referenced my widespread panic print and the tree and fox from a few years back as something that felt very correct for this one. Fox hunts were common in the Charlottesville area long ago, he said. I kept that in mind while drawing and found a good rhythm and flow in the fox's face that ended up informing how the rest of the art would feel. Some of that flow started to look like Hokusai's famous wave paintings, and I decided to lean into this more with an ocean backdrop. People are naturally going to think that I had Virginia Beach on my mind, but that's not the case. The crashing sapphire waves behind our fiery vixen are meant to represent the intensity of the chase foxes faced from those hunts. In my folklore, the vixen has found reprieve in the high ground on a mysterious island. She sits triumphant, having outrun her captors, upon the setting sun in the wake of the ocean's chaos. Swirling leaves and weathered peaks of the Blue Ridge Mountains sit far in the distance. <laughs> and scene. So, um, that is Todd Slater's caption from his website. Again, toddslater.net on the Autumn Fire Fox for the Dave Matthews Band. And all I can say is, wow, wow, wow. And thank you, Todd, for providing that insight um, in a way that we, the fans, can track. Number one, I am guilty as charged. I originally saw the waves in this piece or the, the ocean look as maybe a nod toward Virginia Beach. And I think we said it in our Charlottesville episode, possibly. Um, and so there you go. We naturally see that, but that's really not what he was going for. What he was going for here was was movement, almost maybe swirling winds and and just the sort of out-of-breath scamper of a fox trying to escape her captors. We also learned from his piece that our, our subject here, the fox, is a female fox. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the other thing I want to note before turning it over to Erica is I wholly identify and get with what Todd is describing as the face of the fox giving way to this sort of peaceful or um, imagery that, that becomes the movement of the rest of the piece. Because that was one of the things that I was drawn to instantaneously when I saw Todd first post this on social media, then seeing the full reveal of the poster on socials, and then seeing it live and in person. The character, the face of this fox, the calmness, the, the smarts, just impeccable. The eyes, I think, have something to do with it for me, but just an absolutely stunning um, characterization of exactly what Todd described here. This mm -hmm. really wily and um, hardworking female fox that has escaped her captors and now sits proudly in sort of peacefulness above all of the chaos. In triumph, too. In triumph, yeah. Yeah, in a very proud stance. Yes. So if you go back and listen to our episode on Charlottesville, we talk about um, a couple things. One is as we were literally driving in yes. to our hotel, um, we stayed at a nice little hotel up in Charlottesville. And as we were driving in, Mike and I on that episode, and we've actually, I think, talked about it maybe twice. Yeah. <laughs> it, we, we were about to pull into the lot and we saw a little something scurry across the uh, parking lot and... 
Mike said, what was that? Was it a cat? I said, that was not a cat. That was a fox. And so that was kind of our first piece of like, ooh, fox. And that was, you know. Yeah, and, and it kind of set off to the side, you know, darted in front of the car. And it stopped. Then on the driver's side, it sort of stopped off to the, stopped off to the side. And as soon as we realized it was a fox, I looked at it. And sure enough, it, yeah. it, it was kind of looking back at us. <laughs> uh, it was definitely a fox. Yes. And so almost in the same sort of, you know, uh, sitting stance, you know, or somewhere between sitting and getting ready to move again, that fox was looking back at us. And um, I totally can identify now, having had seen a Virginia fox That's right. live and in person with what we're seeing here in, in Todd Slater's piece. One of the fun things about this podcast is us being able to do some research and, and learning and so the other piece that I was going to mention is we were able to go to Blenheim Vineyards that uh, weekend. And Blenheim is in the kind of wine area of Charlottesville, a little south of the city, but it's very close to Thomas Jefferson's Monticello. Yes. And so one of the pieces, which I thought was really interesting reading, not just, yes, there are foxes in Charlottesville, but what is really interesting is that fox hunts actually became very popular in the 1700s due to the onslaught of Thomas Jefferson and, and George Washington coming into Virginia. Um, and the oldest, I believe the oldest fox hunting club is actually located, uh, right outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. Interesting. So, you know, this is, this is something that again is, is historically, uh, unique to America. And I think to this day still, maybe a little less, um, you know, due to PETA and it's, uh, uh, human, you know, animal rights uh, activism, um, but but is still a, a very uh, popular um, sport in in our country. Um, but I think it was really interesting looking at it, going fox hunts that date back to the 1700s um, and tie into Thomas Jefferson, which is where Monticello is located. So I just really enjoyed a little bit of a history lesson there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, knock knock it, whether you enjoy that sort of recreational sport or not I, I for one don't I'm I'm sort of a pacifist I don't hunt I don't even own a gun um, and and I wouldn't take it upon myself to go out and try to kill another living breathing creature albeit like if I was probably in a room with a fox I'd, it would probably try to kill me so you know there's a fairness there but at the same time especially when we we've seen them you know live in in person right just sort of scampering across the parking lot i could get it i could get how if you live around these creatures maybe they become a nuisance and maybe it gives rise to two fox hunts and things like that maybe it's just sport um i would end up probably being like you know if somebody was like hey let's go on a fox hunt i'd be more like the vince vaughn from wedding crashers <laughs> like you know i you know I'm, i don't really know what i'm doing here and you know, I'm not really as excited as you are, but okay, let's go out and, and see some foxes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't shoot one. Uh, but, and especially, you know, you see as it's depicted in a piece like this, that there is sort of, or can be a majesticness to this creature. Um, and so it's an interesting juxtaposition, mm -hmm. if, if that's the word, to think of, you know, the, the sport behind it, how people might go after foxes uh, for trophies. But then you see this fox here, you know, it, the saying is smart as a fox or something mm -hmm. like that, as really appearing as a very wily and intelligent and majestic creature that why would anyone ever want to kill that is beyond me. But again, I'm not judging. I'm just giving you my own 
feelings and sort of impression about it. The other piece that I really appreciated about this um, this design, you know, the the questioning of or the request by the management, Dave Matthews Band Management, to say, you know, we want a very autumn themed piece. These beautiful falling leaves, they look like they might be a maple leaf, um, but they are this, and then there's the, the piece itself kind of gradiates, almost like the sun is setting, the moon is rising, which ties into Walk Around the Moon, yep. I think thematic for, for this band and the Walk Around the Moon album released this year, the Walk Around the Moon tour. Um, I really, you know, Mike and I talk about, we love a foil. We're kind of suckers for a foil. And one of the questions that actually we've received a, a few times from, from, uh, listeners of the podcast and friends, I actually just as early as yesterday received a text message, uh, from a friend of ours saying, Hey, we just were unrolling our Charlottesville poster of the Slater Fox. And we think we got a foil, but we're not really sure. So what was really cool is this piece had had your t- kind of your two standard papers generally we see the the regular quote unquote regular mm-hmm. and then we see a foil variant what was unique about the regular was that this is actually printed on a what's called a citrine um star dream, star dream citrine. citrine paper at which we kind of looked at it when we saw it actually it's a pearlescent paper so it is a thicker cardstock. Um, it is, I mean, when when you put it, you know, your your fingers on it, your hands on it, it is a very thick piece of paper. Um, but it naturally has what I would consider not quite foily, but the paper itself looks like a pearl. Yes, it has. sparkle to it. It's got a little glitz to it, um, which then this particular piece where. For us, we're seeing the foil. If you have the regular citrine version, it would really make it pop as well. Yes, and so that's 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 a way of saying number one, you can't go wrong with this piece, whether you own the regular edition on the citrine mm-hmm. star dream uh, sort of white pearlescent paper, or whether you own a foil that is uh, printed on a um, I think it's a hollow swirl, swirl foil. Uh, either way, the dimension and depth that Todd Slater and the printing process were able to capture in this uh, is absolutely stunning. Yes. Um, you know, to talk about sort of the piece top to bottom, like Erica said, you know, uh, there is at the top the Dave Matthews Band lettering, um, the, the date and the location, very subtle. But yes. the Dave Matthews Band done in a very unique style of lettering that Todd's chosen here against, and the letters are in blue, mm-hmm. against a yellow and orange sort of sunsetting background with a sun that on ours appears in that swirl, swirl. foil. Um, it's some of the most foil that you get on this piece is really in that setting sun. Mm-hmm. The sun is sort of setting behind those Blue Ridge Mountains that are starting to change color from oranges and reds that would be exposed to the sunlight right. to blues that you know start to indicate the sun setting and taking on some of the, the evening shade. Um, and then you do kind of move down in the piece from those mountains. You start to see, see the appearance of the fox's ears uh, in its own sort of fiery orange uh, uh, coloring that has that, those movements and swirls through them albeit in the background of the fox and at the lower sort of base of the mountains, really starts those Ocean those crashing waves. waves or swift movement of air as we've seen the fox evade her captors. And then it all kind of comes together in the center of the piece as we fill out the center and go to the bottom 
with that um, striking orange auburn color uh, you know, Virginia or UVA orange uh, <laughs> fur of the fox in, in movement with really the center of the piece being that fox's face that, again, those eyes, I feel like they could burn through through my <laughs> chest. It's just like it looks, it really looks like a character, uh, something with life kind of looking back at you. Um, and a couple of those autumn leaves sprinkled in strategically through the piece in the waves, in the fox's fur that just help give this, I think, added dimension of depth to it um, that make you feel like, or makes me feel like, we're part of this piece, right? Like we're experiencing this fall day in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We've almost witnessed this fox swirl through all of this and now she's sitting right here in front of us looking at us and um, it's a pretty neat, neat feeling. Well, while you were talking about the waves crashing, I was mm -hmm. like, huh, like the song Crash. Yes. And then I was like, turned around as we're sitting in our music room and I looked at the Miles Sang Crash. Mm -hmm. So Miles Sang did a song series poster for the song Crash. And I'm looking at the waves and they are that uh, artist that you were talking about. Hosukai. The Hosukai wave style, which I love and appreciate. Um, ironically, I have a tattoo that I got when we were in Hawaii that has that kind of stylistic wave crashing into like a moon. And every time I kind of like think of something or I see something, it reminds me of that, of that tattoo particularly. Um, but I, I love the colors, how simple they are. These are just kind of like your primary colors, but there is so much dimension. And what Mike, you were talking about the way that the fox is just this fiery orange and red dimensional fox and these blue eyes, these mm -hmm. like icy, cold blue eyes that are just staring right at you. I mean, the more you look at it, the more it's like, you know, it's like one of those uh, pieces where you kind of move and you're, you think, is that looking at me? Those yeah. eyes following me? Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to describe this. I'm going to try my best, but I would say, these eyes almost feel the way they're done almost iconic or proprietary or just like emblematic of Todd, Todd Slater's work. Todd has on his socials, on his website, these sort of blue lips. It almost looks like somebody kissed a black background with blue lipstick and it's sort of his signature. And those eyes to me are almost as signature as the the lip logo that Todd uses. So in a way, I feel like you could almost have a second. And this is my merch brain going crazy, right? Like you could you could do a snippet of the shape of the fox's face with just those eyes and maybe the nose and a little bit of shape to it. And that could almost become a Todd Slater stamped logo in and of itself. It's done that um, crisply that cleanly and could be a logo easily applied to like other merch like ball caps and, and things like that or, or pins or whatnot. So, <laughs> well, he does have pins. Yeah. And that's a good segue into the pins that he's done. And you know, the, the rhino pins, the and rhino pins. That, that's from his Madison square garden piece, uh, Todd Slater. You can find some of those still in the market again, check out his yeah. website for things. Uh, but you know, I wonder, is there a Todd Slater Fox pin in our future. And as I say this and literally just coming to me now, I say, God, I hope so. Because <laughs> whatever color variant you put out in this, in this, this Fox, this character that you've created, Todd Slater, I think it would work magnificently as, as a collectible pin as well. I'm going to have to get a lot more pin boards. 
if he releases the foxes, yeah, we are. <laughs> we are running because, out of space. Man, would that be cool? <laughs> um, one of the other things, again, we talked about like the the stylistic nature of how artists treat uh, treat the the name, the Dave Matthews Band. And you know, Mike, you're talking about the I'm gonna the name of the artist with the waves, Ho- Holukai, Ho- Hosukai. Hosukai. I uh, look at the way that Todd created the Dave Matthews Band, and I think of a calligraphy, like a um, an Asian style calligraphy art. What is that art called, where they take the you know the art pens and they're writing the lettering and stuff like that? Oh, from like old Japanese samurai scrolls, right? Yeah, like doesn't the way that the 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 Dave Matthews Band typeface or or the way that he wrote it uh, look no, like I'm it sorry. could be? I butchered it. It's, it's Hokusai, H-O-K-U-S-A-I. Hokusai. Apologize for, for not... I don't know off the top of my head the name of the calligraphy that you are but saying. But it's a style I that, can search you know, it up there. I, I think I look at it and I think of... I don't know why. Do you remember Big Bird Goes to, to China? The old Sesame Street movie? And Big Bird... Lear- Do you... Are we... Is uh, this a, wait, I vaguely is, remember <laughs> Big Bird movies. It's yeah, been a bird long on the, time. Bird on the Run, Bird on the Move... Anyways, I, maybe are we having a um, what's the the butterfly effect moment here? <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I just recall like watching you know the writing and, and the the nature of the the script and the calligraphy of this. I just think it's really beautiful. Um, you know this this swirl, this foil, this um, movement. It, it really is really special for us to have pieces like this. Again, you know we love getting a show edition at the at the show. Um, I saw a funny meme the other day. It was like uh, a meme. It was a picture from um, West Side Story, and it was like the the rail gang outside of the the event waiting for the poster collecting yes, gang. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's a very real sort of um, experience when you're when you're waiting to either go in and get your pit seats or or waiting to get. Mm-hmm. In, into your line foil. for merch or yeah. your, your poster. This was one of those experiences when we were oh, in yeah. Charlottesville. And we talk about it in detail um, on our episode where we talk about our, our sort of uh, Charlottesville wrap-up. But uh, just, to, just to sort of talk a little bit about this piece and the experience around it for those who are new listeners or maybe didn't catch those earlier episodes, um, there are moments where you're at an event, <clears throat> whether it's a two-day show, three-day weekend, or something like that, and buzz really starts to set mm-hmm. in about a piece, whether you're tailgating in the parking lot or whatnot. In our case, I think we were uh, maybe the we night the before winery. the show, or maybe we were at the winery, we're at yeah, and um, the buzz that was created from the time people became aware of this oh, yes. Slater Fox was incredible. It I mean, was. it was an instant desire right like an instant must have poster for people that are in the poster merch collecting so much so that just to give you some contrast the friday night show erica and i and the kids we were all there it was a family experience in charlottesville we got over to the venue mm-hmm. maybe about like i don't know four o'clock yeah, uh you know four thirty. we parked um, we walked up, we stood in line in the merch line for maybe five minutes. Yeah. We got right up to the table. We got everything we needed. They had the posters, the regular, and I think the foil available. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, cool. Outdoor merch tent. Then we kind of caught wind that it was going to be the Slater Fox for night two. Sure enough, at the vineyards, the buzz is starting. 
try to get over to the venue as early as possible. We get there at about like two-ish. Two. Yeah. And merch booth opens at three. There's already like 150 people in line. Everybody lined up to get a Slater Fox. Yep. As we started to see that, um, that was- we, we weren't going to get a foil, right? Mm-hmm. Made a shift. Went over, stood in line in the early entry oh, warehouse nice. to get into the venue. So now we're standing in line from like 3.30 until like 6.15 when the mm-hmm. gates opened and we could get in. Yeah. Um, and ran, literally <laughs> sprinted to the merchandise booth to get in line. There were people still in front of us. Like oh, yeah. I, we were maybe like 20 in line or so. Well enough to, to procure a foil. Sure. Which is awesome. But amazing how many people just flocked and oh, and, and went after this piece because of of the work that Todd Slater's done, the way he captures everything. It was an instantaneous, this is what the fans want, uh, want and, and will click with them. Well, um, and, and for the foil for the show edition, there was only 200. So that's right. So between, I believe there were two inside merch booths and three, three, three were, inside. Oh, that's yeah. right. There they were 50, 50 outside. They sold out. Yep. In the first 50 people. And then they split up the fi- the rest of the 50. So, you know, whether you, you had an opportunity to get one of the 50 at the, the merch, you know, any, any merch point, yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was definitely challenging. It was definitely stressful. Uh, but we are, we feel great. And we feel, you know, really excited to be able to have worked, you know, to get this piece. Um, I think Mike finally yeah, got to around s- to... <laughs> to circle back, the Japanese calligraphy Erica was referencing is called Shodo. Shodo. Yeah. And it is uh, a form of calligraphy or artistic writing of the Japanese, of the Japanese language. language. And when mm-hmm. you start to look at some of the <clears throat> style or the curves to Shoto, yes. you do see exactly what Eric is referencing. And I wonder if if that's exactly what In Todd Slater to, meant yeah. because it looks pretty similar. Yeah. And it's it's pretty unique the way that he's picked some of the mm-hmm. curvature and sharp points in the lettering. So very, very astute. Yeah, well, it just, it just kind of, it's one of the things, again, that when we do these deep dives, you know, we look at the piece itself, does it tie to the venue, which I, this definitely ties to the venue and the location, Charlottesville, Virginia, and then we kind of go through and look at, you know, the typeface, the calligraphy, where it's located, Um, and I really think that this piece, you know, appreciating it even more now, kind of hearing the story that Todd wrote about this was a rush job, and we've talked to some artists in the past, you know, one of the questions that we got a lot from our listeners was, hey, when you talk to an artist, ask, like, how long do they have, you know, to, to produce a, a, you know, a show poster? And it seems like sometimes it's a rush job and sometimes they might have a couple months to, you know, put something together. So it's very, very unique and interesting. Um, and I will also say that, you know, as somebody who I think I run the social media for the podcast and I interact oftentimes with the artist Todd's a, a quieter online social artist, um, very similar to James Flames. And James is like a cool bro. And if you want to email him or write him a letter, he will respond back to you. It's really cool. But I can tell that he, you know, appreciates a little bit more of that quiet, non-online, you know, offline lifestyle. Um, and, you know, Todd seems to be a little bit quieter in my experience. Yes, um, but there is online. there is some interaction, I will say. Like, yes. Um, when he, and I was going to try to pull up his Instagram, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when he sort of showed a sneak peek. Yes. Uh, and this is back November 8th, which, hey, shout out to November 8th, our anniversary. Yay. Um, <laughs> he gave a sneak peek of autumn in full force, as he called it, on his page. 
right before the Charlottesville shows. And I saw this piece, again, not identifying it in that snapshot with Dave Matthews Band, but I was immediately sort of just taking my breath away because it was so beautiful, this fox. And I even mentioned on socials, you know, this is absolute fire. Hoping to see this in Charlottesville in a couple of days. You know, I mean, orange is, you know, one of UVA's <laughs> primary colors. And, um, you know, he had he had liked my comment. And so um, it was pretty, pretty momentous for me mm-hmm. there. And then, um, you know, we were able to obtain it at the, at the venue yeah. and just really, really a perfect piece. I mean, if you think about the history that you talked about with the fox hunts, it makes a lot of sense. Blue Ridge Mountains, beautiful. The blues and the oranges, UVA's colors, the colors of the Cavaliers, uh, really awesome and a neat tribute. And then I think it ties in very, very well. It's November. It was fall. Fall, but it, you know, ties in very, very well with even some of the summer pieces Todd has done, like the whales from the Bristow 22 show, mm-hmm. uh, the the golden calf or minotaur from the 23 uh, Texas show. You could, if you, in your home, you're curating a Todd Slater collection mm-hmm. uh, like we are, they all kind of go together very, very well. Yes. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. And we have our Bristow whales professionally framed. We do. Probably need to think about um, getting our our fox in a accompanying frame so we can somehow display those. That's me just thinking out loud, guys. Yeah. But um, <laughs> We'll wait for that uh, that uh, Michael's 70% off framing right? deal. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the neat thing. We actually, this one, we had a blue frame, so we put it in this beautiful... Um, kind of a rich blue frame that we currently have it uh, stored and, and displayed in right now. And um, actually, it's a good a good segue uh, to talk a little bit about what's upcoming for the podcast. Um, new year. That's right. New year. New year, new uh, topics. Uh, we kind of want to bring to you guys what you want to hear. And so we've got uh, more artist interviews, That's right. more deep dives, and we are going to kind of branch out into these um Poster adjacent uh, items such as uh, frames and pins and other things that we might not even know we know about yet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, lots of things. I think you know. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Yes. Um, things you're you're excited about. Yes. In in the poster community, in the collecting community, what you'd like to hear more about. Um, keep it coming. Thank you again for listening. Absolutely. We're really excited. This is our. Our first podcast of 2024, um, but really excited to keep this going to give you some sneak peeks into things like Erica said. In addition, there are you know more more music events coming. Erica mm-hmm. and I will be in Cancun, Mexico for Dave and Tim yeah. from Cancun. So we're hoping to bring you some content uh, either while we're there or shortly thereafter mm-hmm. uh, to give you some feedback on what's going on, maybe what the the poster game looks like who are those artists night one night two night three so what type of uh pieces are we going to see come out of cancun mexico there's usually at least one or two bangers uh from our experience last year there was uh, a ben kwok on on night three that was pretty amazing yes. uh the year before that there was a todd slater on night three that was just absolutely stunning so mm-hmm. more to come thank you for listening thanks for tuning in um anything else you had to wrap now, up let us know your thoughts did you you know, get the Slater uh, Autumn Fox Firefox from the show. Were you able to get an artist edition? Um, what do you think about it? You know, give us kind of your feedback. We'd love to engage with you guys on our socials and uh, 
and just continue this conversation. That's one of the things I think I appreciate most about it is this community that we're cultivating and creating sort of just haphazardly, like as just an amazing byproduct of Mike and I just talking about the things that we love, the things that we enjoy. I am super stoked for what's coming up for this year. And, uh, and I just can't wait to bring it all to you guys and, and hope you guys enjoy it as well. Thanks so much. All right, y'all. Bye.